back here with esteemed colleagues, Jack, Ollie. Jack, what do, we, what, what do we got for this week? Hey, I think it's time to dip back into the mailbag. You've got mail. So uh, interestingly enough for our listeners, uh, my good friend Justin invited me over and we were doing a little discussion at Champlain College with one of the luminaries, one of the historic figures uh, in our industry, uh, Jack Daniel. And it was a discussion about work he does in B-sides and evolution. The students were fantastic, a lot of great insightful questions. And coincidentally, at the same time in the mailbag, uh, we got a note from one Chris Wallace outside of Asheville uh, talking about you know, the growth of community and his own efforts to create a local group inside and near Asheville called Beer and Breaches. And uh, you can look in the show notes to get some of the context for this and some of the pointers for the good work that Chris is doing to bring these folks together. But, you know, Justin, I think it'd be awesome just to have a little conversation about the role that these kinds of communities play in the way that we advance what is this industry of ours, right? Where so much of it is dependent upon learning from smart people all around you. I'm doing it every day, right? Three decades in, if it weren't for all the smart people around us, I wouldn't be learning anything at all. And so, you know, I know you've, You've been part in the, at the center of many of these things. Uh, we both participated. I just, I'm just curious to start off. The event that went on down at Champlain, right? That was relatively grassrooty by that group bringing you in uh, to talk about cyber, to talk about their own programs. And I'm curious to know, you know, from your perspective, we've got Jack Daniel on one end of the spectrum, right? Years and years of experience, broad experience, good work with Tenable and others. Uh, and then you've got these students who are trying to figure it out. How do you feel like the, the community's changing, you know, over the last, probably the last 10 or 15 years when it's become a little bit more mainstream? So I, I feel like it's, that's a big question. And there, there's a lot of facets to it. One is, is the similarities that exist in, in all these. Like we talk about, you know, all the work that we've done with Jack Daniels. And I'd say like all the work Jack Daniels has done over the years, right? And mm. the origination of B-sides and kind of the, the origination story of that compared to like what I see students trying to do today compared to what I see the Chris Wallace's of, of the world. And I should say, and just to insert this before I forget, Chris Wallace was one that actually reached out and said, yes, I'm going to take you guys up to have a jar of whiskey with, with Jack <laughs> and Justin, which is great. Fact. He got our very best. <laughs> well, he got the best from you. I'm not sure he got the best from me. I, you know, I think the similarity is, well, I guess, I guess we'll start there. We'll start, we'll start with the similarity yeah. is all of these initiatives, if you will, all of these grassroots efforts have started from a place of feeling underserved, really. I mean, you look at Jack Daniel with B-Sides, like that's his origin story. He's like, we get tired of the big conference things. We get tired of uh, hearing the same stuff at RSA conference conferences and because a presentation or a topic didn't generate dollars or didn't serve a product, it was disqualified. It wasn't, it, it wasn't eligible for, for the big conferences. Right. And so that's kind of the founding of B-sides and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of oversimplifying everything. Right. But it's saying, let's get to the heart of the matter that of issues and topics and things that are truly of interest to the security community that don't generate 
you know, kind of explicit dollars per se. Right. And then like, I kind of take it to the other end of the spectrum and hear someone like Chris, who's, he's doing great work. Like when he told me about what they were organizing in a very grassroots way and the reasons why they were doing it, well, it was super honest. Like these types of organizations are exactly who we need in the community and who we need in the industry. Because you know what? People like this and people like Chris are self-selecting the correct behaviors when no one else is looking, which is the exact example and the type of people that, that we need in order to influence change within the industry, right? Like he's not, he and like others, like there's, there's no incentive to do some of this stuff other than like the camaraderie that comes with it and passion for, for, for the industry. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of see, see those things interconnected. In the case of the students that we talked with, there's roughly 30 students attending. So it probably met my expectation for, uh, for, for the representation that were there. But I even see it on a smaller scale, on, on a more of a microcosm happening at the student level, saying, you know, they see a need. There's no resources available within the industry today to kind of help them address some of the questions that they have. So they start to form their own groups, right? And they start to form their own information sharing consortiums. And some of it spins off into Capstone's projects. Some of the stuff is, uh, you know, kind of stays, stays within their group and the ideas kind of cultivate and percolate and grow. But, you know, the piece that I think makes me feel good about that specific use case is like when employers or people with a little bit more resources available to them come to the table and saying, okay, like, let's try to, let's try to expand this a little bit. Like, let's give you a little bit more resources to do more. Like in the case of Champlain, they're saying, we, we have the ability to put some resources behind it. We're saying like, you guys have great ideas. Let's, let's do it more. Let's do it bigger. Let's get it out there. Let's, you guys are operating on more of a micro level. Like let's start thinking about macro and try to try to influence industry change. And so I think I, I think that's the commonality, you know, kind of going back from, you know, the late 90s till till now. Honestly, I think it's harder to get started in, in all this stuff, right? Like the number of capital dollars being invested into the industry now driving a high velocity of change and is drowning out some of the voices that I think really inspire to make change, right? You like nowadays, like you have to have a megaphone in, in order to get anybody's attention. And even still, like, I don't think that's enough, you know? And so I guess that's why I come back to like someone like Chris is like, in the, in the absence of nothing, you try to do something is pretty powerful. Like I, my, my hats are off to that guy. He's doing it in a pretty fast paced world. Yeah. I, th I think that that style of organic, like getting together, that sharing, that education to your point about the fact that B-Side started because these were great papers that weren't going to make the submission guidelines for RSA, right? It was a community that wanted to share information with one another who didn't have a logical place to do it, right? And so that that education of people, it's almost like, almost think of it as almost like a, an apprenticeship program, right? That, that folks get into those communities and learn from others like them. And so there's that grassroots organic growth thing. And there's also, you mentioned the camaraderie, right? I remember, you know, in the early days as RSA got really, really big, then it was Black Hat and DEF CON, right? Because people found a way to get together, to menace a little bit at Caesars, to have personal relationships, because this is a really, really personal industry, right? When something's going sideways in your security world and you're a security leader, you got to have somebody to talk to, 
right? You've got to have somebody to bounce ideas off of or get advice from in a way that's confidential, what have you. We saw this. I'm going to harken back a glorious 25 years to 1997 when we put together the Presidential Commission on Critical Infrastructure Protection. The ISACs got created. Why? It got created because of the fact, or they got created because of the fact that different industries had to talk to one another in a confidential way that they could trust each other and learn from each other. And specifically, like the financial services ISAC became just that. When bad things would happen, these folks trusted each other who were leading security to the big banks. and They talked to each other and the world was a better place for it because they had the personal relationships to make it go. I'd also say that folks like Chris, the ongoing growth of B-sides, other small you know, organic organizations that are coming up, they exist to sort of balance off what's happened in some of the rest of the industry groups, right? So you look at great places, but like uh, ISACA or ISSA, or, you know, some of these groups that were originally formed because our universe was small and people had to learn from one another, they've become frigging huge. Steve Morgan over at Cybersecurity Ventures published a list. I was just taking a look before the show. And there's like all of these. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all really, really huge. You know, they're, they're probably not going to have much space for Chris Wallace in Asheville to start up a chapter to learn from, share what he knows with his peers and young people coming up. And so, you know, I think for me, at least, this community thing has got these twofold benefits. One is the education of folks who are going to have a hard time picking it up someplace else, but also that ability to form personal relationships. You know, like we met personal relationships talking about security. I great relationship with Diana Kelly and she's brilliant, right? And now she's talking to some of our younger folks right, to get them up to speed and working with some of these students. We're really giving community, right? We want to share what we know. We're not holding the information super close to our chests, but we've got to create more venues where we can share it to expand the borders of our community outside the same people that we've known for 10 or 15 or 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Chris's stuff is great. All, all of this stuff is great. I, I, I like to see the, the grassroots stuff going on here. You know, as like a... <laughs> You've, you've known me pretty well at, at this point. Uh, I think I think most days we actually share a brain. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I th- I think there's there's a bigger opportunity here. You know, when I think about, by the way, I'm I'm t- topping off my my glass. <laughs> 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 kind of uh, kind of getting getting real comfy here. RSA got big. Yeah, yeah. B sides got big. I don't want to say B sides is excluding people, but there's a, it's almost kind of. Uh, I would say in some regards, there's this um, this kind of perception that it's that's even too big, mm. right? What if for someone like like Chris and all the Chris's of the world and everybody who's aspiring to make the breaches in beer, there's an opportunity to basically create the fight club of like underground movement, right? And basically saying like, what if the idea and the philosophy of breaches in beer is actually the emergence of like a fight club type of movement, you know? And like the the first rule of breaches in beer is you don't talk about breaches in beer right? and uh, and let it take over. I mean, in fact, this guy's in, in Asheville and they have the attendance that they do, you know, and he told us like they meet twice a month to decompress and, you know, kind of talk about industry trends and, you know, just kind of hang out with people who have similar interests. I think there's a bigger community there. Like it expands beyond Asheville. Like what happens if they expand it to the research triangle, right? And then you extend it down to Charlotte, right? Now you've got a pretty, pretty big fight club. Going, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think it's a different community, right? I think you're exactly nice. right. Fight Club's great. You don't see title or champion sponsoring Fight Club, right? And I know that one of the good works that Jack and the gang did at B-Sides was try to get vendors to, to be allowed in as more like regular participants because there was knowledge to be had there. But it changes the tenor of the conversation. 
for right? sure. When there's somebody somebody in there doing the pain. It's like it's it's just like Reddit, right? Reddit's the same thing. Like the idea and the philosophy is like everybody's welcome, but by the way, like the minute you start to sell something, we're gonna kick your butt out. Right on. Then then it becomes more like Fight Club, even, which is great. <laughs> like like an actual Fight Club. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's a great idea. You know, and maybe maybe the right thing to do to turn these folks on is to give them a framework to make it successful. Because I think a lot of these are just really good people who want to have good conversations. But sometimes the the organizing that can be on them, particularly in our industry, right? There's there's not a crap ton of super gregarious folks necessarily in the cybersecurity industry, right? They're, they're hardworking people who want to share what they know. But they may not be the natural organizer of things. So maybe one of the things that, that can be done to help them out a little bit. It's just to show them, you know, how to set that thing up so that people yeah. know what they're going to get into when they get there. Yeah. Solid. I like it. Cool. Anything else on this one? Actually, so when, so Chris is in the Asheville area, um, Breaches and Beer. I'm not sure if he's looking to expand it or not, but it looks like there's a group of about 15 people. If you are in Asheville and you're interested in joining or figuring out how to join, the email address is bb, letter, letter bb at squidanddagger.com. And we will be sure to put that into the show notes. For you, if you if if you are in that area and are um, looking to to connect with that group, yeah, and actually, you know, Justin, if we if we get other folks who are listening who are trying to do a similar thing or they'd like to do something similar, drop us a line. Let let's see if we can't get you some of the exposure you need to introduce yourself to some of the folks who clearly a quality if they're listening to Justin and I pontificate here on Pwned uh, and probably just <laughs> the kind of people you're looking for. But let us know if there's something we can do to help you out. <laughs> Very kind, Jack. Very kind. <laughs> I'm going to say a scholar and a gentleman. Yeah, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> uh, that's not true. All right. So anyway, we, we got connected with Chris because he's someone that reached out and said, hey, I actually want to have a jar with you guys. So if you, uh, you want to uh, kind of follow in Chris's footsteps here, want to have a, have a jar of whiskey with Jack and I, short, tall, however you want to do it, we're up for either. Need help with yard work, uh, doing 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 crossword puzzles, or you just need help with cybersecurity, you can reach us at pwned at newharborsecurity.com, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>